Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Hey listeners, I'm here with Christopher Penzak, and we're here to talk about uh, some of the things that are going on in the temple. Um, If you want to say hi, Christopher. Why, hello everybody. So, um, I know, because I live here and uh, I get to know all of these things, but our distant members don't always get informed about all of the interesting things that are going on with our project of putting together... um, a space where a community space where people can come together um, of the barn, um, and that's like our what three four year goal. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of our main our main site goal for right now, and hopefully in three or four years that that will be the plan. Uh, if all goes well with our architects and engineers, I think we should be on schedule. So where are we in the process of this barn? raising so to speak <laughs> so for the, it's not a literal barn raising uh so for those who haven't been out to the temple property um part of on the property is an old barn it's actually a carriage house for horses and carriages but it looks like a barn and um so we're not actually raising the barn but the foundation and the structures there but what we're hoping to do is to make it into a community center so that will be the grand view community center because that is the the name of this property that we happen to be caretakers of and uh, so the Grandview Community Center, we're hoping to have um, a ritual space in the attic space um, to have various altars for our ministries and the different witch gods and goddesses we work with and to have that be both classroom space and ritual space for Sabbaths and moon celebrations and such, um, to be able to have a center for our store, for the temple store having a space, and to be able to have a, a place where people can get both handcrafted made items and to the things that they need for their own spell work. So candles and incense and herbs and a lot of the herbs that we grow in the temple we'd like to have available here for everybody through the store. Mm-hmm. And then the downstairs space will be a kitchen and a secondary classroom and hopefully a food pantry for those people who might not necessarily want to partake in traditional Christian food pantry services. They've got another place to go. So um, with that goal in mind, we've been able to contract an architect and an engineer and they're the folks that helped us with our parking lot to be able to open up for this place for the, the town of Salem. And so they're diligently working on plans. So we're hopefully to have finalized plans, or at least the first draft of finalized plans this fall. Um, and that should give us a number that we need for fundraising, an estimate of what it's going to take us. And um, then we get to the lovely process of having to bring that in front of the town. Um, and then once we have that approved from the town and we've raised all the funds that we need, which will probably be very considerable, um, we then can go forward and uh, start constructing. So that's that's our goal, and that's where we're going with everything. Um, so, like Adam said, it's like the three or four year plan. You know, hopefully, mm-hmm. if all goes well. Yeah. Now I know that um, at this present moment, we're waiting on our our architect, and when they give us those plans, then uh, we have the ability to contract out things to people and get a real sense of how much it's going to be. Right. But um, even in our own knowledge of how much it was for our renovations here for just for the parking lot and the things inside the house, um, it was quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know we had talked about doing it in raising in sections. Right. Um, so we actually have a GoFundMe. I think it's up through GoFundMe. We can put the link up on this podcast. 
um, for the first part of it, which is the funds for the architect and the engineer, because that's the first phase of fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that point, you know, it will be the the experience of going from the town. So that'll be the second part of it. Yeah. Um, and then the third part will really be the largest part, and that will be the construction fees. And you know, people can wonder, well, why is it going to cost so much? You know, it's a barn. Why don't you just kind of throw some stuff together? But everything has to be up to code for the town. I mean, as you can imagine, as the witches in town. Um, people want to make sure that we're the you know up to code and everything's set. And mm-hmm. although the town has been very supportive of what we're doing, we can't necessarily cut corners or get any exceptions. So you know, converting a barn to something that has heat and air conditioning and plumbing, we're going to have to mm-hmm. um, install plumbing from the main road into it. We're going to have to expand the parking lot because there's rules and laws about having X number of spaces for how many people the capacity is and doing all that type of work. So mm-hmm. it, it always turns out to be a little bit larger than what people expect. And, and, and putting on, in a chairlift for those of us who are not um, able, able to use, to stairs. use yep. the stairs. Yep, that's part of the plans as well. Um, and putting in things like um, spaces where we can do readings, do healing work, right. all of that will be in that middle space. Right, that'll be on the ground floor, and that'll be like our main section for community work. So... You know, in times past, stores, and even to this day, stores are community centers. Um, and although we're a temple, we have that place where you can get the supplies you need. You're going to have that place where you can get readings from people, and you can get pastoral care. You can get healing work. You can get whatever you normally would from your kind of local village witch. Mm-hmm. But it'll also be a center where there'll be multiple practitioners, multiple people that can come in. We'll be able to offer a lot on that one-to-one basis in terms of care. Um, and then likewise, having a larger ritual space upstairs. Yeah. Now, our larger Sabbaths, are those going to be in this barn when all of this is said and done? Well, we're still discussing that, but ideally what we'd like to do is have as, as much as we can here at the temple space. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're thinking of doing, uh, it sounds strange for a lot of us, but much like other churches divide their services up at different times, mm-hmm. they will have Sabbaths that are not just one large Sabbath, because right now we rent out a, a large hall in Derry, and our Sabbaths are anywhere from 80 to 130 people. Um, and this one will probably fit about 60, maybe 70 at the most. Mm-hmm. And that way we might have Sabbaths that are for initiates in the mystery school. We'll have Sabbaths that are a little bit more children friendly. We'll have Sabbaths that are a little bit more family friendly. Um, we'll have Sabbaths that are, you know, at times that might be a little bit more um, available, not so late at night. Or, you know, some of them that will be later at night just to kind of have that mystery. We'll have a lot of options. And that way we'll also have a lot more celebrants. So uh, other priests and priestesses can offer things um, in the community and have a chance to kind of test out their wings and you might have a chance to try different rituals, you know, so we might have some that are a little bit more shamanic, we might have some that are a little bit more ceremonial, we might have some that are a little bit more simple and folksy, mm-hmm. so it gives a lot of options. That's awesome. And ideally we're going to have outdoor space. Um, we're in the process of um, cutting some trails, so the long-term plan is also to have outdoor ritual space that would hold, uh, I wouldn't say an unlimited number of people, but much larger than the, the barn space would hold. Yeah. Now I know... Um, we have done a lot of work on the land to uh, create a space that is both beautiful and um, spiritual. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we have done a lot of work on that. Um, you and I a lot this year, and um, in previous years we have to do a huge shout-out for Robbie Packard from the Robin's Nest, mm-hmm. who's really spearheaded a lot of the work. Um, so we've got a bunch of gardens. We've got a poison garden that's raised a little bit away from the public that's all the kind of magical witchy plants that we associate with flying ointments. 
Um, we've got two herb gardens that are going towards the back that students go through when they come through into the, the classroom space. Mm-hmm. With all the bombs. With all the bombs, yes. The veins of one place, the bombs in the other place. Um, and that's where we gather a lot of our herbs for our products for the temple store and, and to be able mm-hmm. to share with students. And we've got a small ritual space um, out in that area that we're working on. It's got a little fire pit and can be converted into an altar. Um, and we've got a water garden that we're working on. And the paths, for people familiar with their teachings of the three rays of witchcraft, the paths mirror those three rays. So there's a straight line, a bent line, and a crooked line. And the crooked line leads out into the woods. And so we have uh, another volunteer named Dragon, who's one of our recently graduated high priestesses, who's going to be spearheading in the fall our efforts to cut trails in the, the back. Um, you might ask, well, why do you need to cut trails? Can't you just kind of hike through the forest? But it is really incredibly overgrown there. People there's, will say, use deer trails or whatever. There's no deer trails back there. No. Um, so we really want to make it much more akin to like a, a public state park where there's very clear, wide trails so people have access, that they're safe, that they're easily seen, easily used, and will not be um, overgrown within a year's time. And so mm-hmm. she's got a lot of experience with park services. Mm-hmm. So I think she's going to be amazing for that. We've kind of mapped out different ritual spaces. So we eventually want to have a big stone circle area for our larger Sabbaths. We want to have an ancestral mound or ancestral shrine. And we've got a natural well in the back there, and we'd like to kind of create that as a fairy well or a fairy reverence area. Um, And we've got about five and a half acres, and so we're trying to figure out, you know, what's going to be where and how much we can try to leave as natural as possible, Mm -hmm. Um, but also put out more things that will help both magically and medicinally out there, like planting some more elder. Mm That would be nice out there. Adam and I are in love with our elderberries this year. Yeah, they're super tall, and uh, I've been collecting them the past couple of days, and I'm going to have enough to make syrup, probably make some gummy bears, (laughs) and uh, then dry out the rest of them, um, leaving some, of course, for our bird friends. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And then the front garden is probably where I spend a lot of my time, magically, um, for people who might have visited when we first got on this property, there was this amazing 200-year-old willow tree out front, um, and it was really old, and, you know, all of us were really enchanted with it and thought it was so amazing, and people really knew trees and do construction would just be like, oh, it's old, um, and just the vibrations and the whole process of constructing the parking lot and its age, it just fell over one day, um, and we are able to actually save branches from it, and so we've actually replanted it, and it's doing really, really good out there. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, it's shot up I felt like in the last couple of days like three or four more feet yeah um (laughs) uh, I don't know if there's just been extra water or what but um yeah yeah I I love I particularly love that um story of it falling and us taking branches of it and making them grow in the house and restoring it to that space um um I thought it was really funny what it did fall over that um, you know, the construction workers were warned not to, to make it fall over. Um, yeah. and we were like, yeah, cause there are fairies in there. And, uh, when it did fall over, um, a whole bunch of stinging hornets, what? I think hornets, hornets yeah. I guess, flew out of the bottom of it and started stinging all the construction workers, but none of the witches. Yeah. Um, so Which I feel bad for the workers. Yeah, yeah me I, too. I yeah. But, uh, they did disturb the fairies home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so for people who are like, if you're looking out through the front doors of the property, um, and you're looking at the tree, kind of like the black pillar and the white pillar of a temple facing East, we have on the left side a blackthorn tree, mm-hmm. which is also a nice fairy tree. And on the right side, we have a hawthorn tree, or some call it a whitethorn tree. Mm-hmm. And so we have that kind of those two energies going on and um, a nice goddess spiral in the center with some fairy altars. And 
Yeah, kind mm. of like an in a Triskelion. Yeah, you're in a triple spiral. Yeah. yeah. Um, with with roses at the end of the spirals. Yeah, yeah three roses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been exciting. We planted a couple rowan trees on the property. Those were gifts from uh, Raven Gramasi and Stephanie Gramasi. Yeah. And, and the, the Blackthorn, too. Yeah. The one in the back is really doing well, but no one would ever see it because it's behind the cottage. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, say, I know it's there. <laughs> yeah. It's taller than me now. The other ones are about up to my waist, so... Yeah. It's funny that the one that gets the less light is actually bigger and the one that's... Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. But they're yeah. doing really well. Yeah, and we've had a lot of plants just kind of show up on the ground, you know, from our, our perspective as plant people, like, you get what you need. But, like, we had blue vervain just kind of show up and, and grow in an area where it's not conducive to blue vervain. It was really dry and yeah. blue vervain likes it wet. And we've had a lot of chicory pop up. Yeah, chicory. And... um St. John's wort. St. John's wort. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have any in the garden and then suddenly it's popped up everywhere on the land. Yeah. Um, so I had to mow around it and then dig it all up and move it to the garden and water it every day because you're not supposed to really move things in the summer because it's so hot and dry. Yeah. Well, I think, um, our listeners would love to hear, um, all about these things more often, like where we are in our process, just because I feel like, um, every brain is different. So some people are readers, some people are, um, kinesthetic people. They have to see it, feel it, touch it. And then we have our people who are our listeners. They, they, they hear it, they know it, they they remember it. Um, so we're trying to, you know, bring back the podcast a little bit more. Um, and give people a chance for our distance members and just our members in general to hear about things and, and learn more. Right. Um, hopefully we'll have a lot more updates and, you know, it was tired for a while to just be like, Oh, we're waiting for the architect. We're waiting for the architect. We're still sort of waiting for the architect. But, um, you know, we'll do our best to you know, keep everybody you know informed and hopefully we'll have updates more regularly to be able to keep people informed of what's going on. Yeah. Um, keep, uh, looking at our, Indiegogo or I think it's Indiegogo. Okay. Well, one of our fundraising sites. Yes. I'm not sure. the fundraising yeah. site. Yeah. Um, we should probably have known this before we got into this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to, to see where we are, um, in our, both our fundraising. Um, this first leg is about doing the architect yeah, and, and the engineer and yeah. the engineer, um, and getting it. So we know exactly how much it's going to, well, an estimate of how much it's really going to cost us yeah. to, to get to, and with the financial wizardry of our treasurer to be able to pad it enough so we know, because something always happens that you don't expect. You yeah. Know, we discovered yeah. that with the parking lot and the fire alarm system. And yeah, all that we had stuff. to have a very expensive fire alarm system put in, yeah. which I have set off and had the the poor Salem fire department come up <laughs> and show up and then have to go through our house and feel very uncomfortable because uh, I don't think they really know what we do i think they know now (laughs) (laughs) whenever we have a repair person around i'm always like do we put the goat goat skulls away but we leave the goat skulls out yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah i think i think they know because our fire system you know directly ties into the fire department it says temple of witchcraft system's okay mm -hmm. so they at least know what we are (laughs) yeah yeah. they know where we are what we're doing um well, thank you, Christopher, for doing this podcast with me and telling all of the people all about all the things that are going on on the land and all the things with the barn. Thank you for having me on. You've been listening to 
Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of the Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.